Hello and welcome to your GG Replay for Monday, December 20th, 2021. GG Replay is your Monday, Wednesday, Friday show where we break down the latest in gaming news. Hosted by us, the Goodnight Groofs, a place for games and a place for goofs. We're still workshopping the slogan. My name is Paul and I am joined, as always, on this beautiful pre-Christmas, pre-holiday week by Matt. How are you doing and how are you how are you feeling? Do you, the holidays are creeping up. Yeah, I'm actually feeling good on a Monday. It's it's kind of breaking news here. I, I think Matt it's, feeling good on a Monday. Yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> it has to go back to the fact that it's Christmas week. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just yeah. kind of jolly in general this week, you know, and so that is just bringing every possible mood that I would have up a little bit like if I was going to be a little bit more sad today, maybe it's bringing it up a little bit more. If I was going to be really happy in a couple of days, it's going to be even more than it would normally be. It's just Christmas week. It's fun. It's good times. Everyone loves it. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I totally agree. I have, I'm not really in the Christmas spirit this year. There's just something about it that is not getting me going in the same way it normally does. But that being said, I'm no Grinch. I still think it's awesome to see it. And I, I also feel like I just feed off of everyone's positive energy right now. And it's really cool to see. So I'm having I'm having a good time. I think it's probably because I'm not working very steadily right now. Like I don't have like a nine to five Monday to Friday thing. So in that, I don't I don't think I feel that same relief of like the Christmas. Oh, thank God. Christmas. Right. So <laughs> right. I'm kind of like, yeah, it's just another just another Tuesday. So you're an energy vampire right now. Yeah, I'm stealing saying. your positive energy and I am giving back no energy. I'm, I'm a vampire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into the show, I think, because we have a bunch of stuff to talk about and some pretty interesting stories. I was trolling the Internet for stories today. I almost almost was like there are just there. Bar- there's barely anything here. And then I, I actually, you know, properly looked and I found a lot more. Okay. I, I was doing what Rachel would call doing a man look. Where I kind of glance and I'm like, yeah, oh, no, there's no cheese in the fridge. And then you move like one thing and the fridge is literally a treasure trove of cheese. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Matt, if you come across any necessary corrections in today's episode and to everyone at home, if you come across any necessary corrections in today's episode, you can send them to ggreplayshow at gmail.com so we can address them in the next episode. You might even correct where I clearly was going to lead into a different segment but then decided to go back and lead into the correction segment. Well, I was going to say, you you made it sound like I also have to send the show an email if well, I have a correction. You do. Let's okay. disregard the fact that you're the only one who checks the email. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, sometimes like when you have something, I, I don't know if you still do this. There's like notes apps and stuff. There's a lot of things you can do, but I still very occasionally email myself something when mm-hmm. I just can't yeah, yeah. get it from one device to the other. Yeah. So totally. this would be like that. You could email yourself a correction just to remind yourself to read it on air. So there we go. All right, Matt, <laughs> here's where I would actually say your name. The reviews are in. Uh, we have a couple games that got reviewed on Open Critic that we need to talk about today. And the first one is Fire Girl Hack and Splash Rescue. Got a 73 on Open Critic, and it is out right now. And it looks uh, it looks interesting. Matt, what do you think of Fire Girl Hack and Splash Rescue? And what do you think of 73 as a score? 73, I don't it, This one is hard to judge without 
but I mean, every game is hard to judge without actually playing it. But I feel like right. even looking at this, I don't get a really great feel for it. I love the art style. It mixes the 2D pixel sprite characters and 3D environments. But I hate, and some people might actually like this, but I hate the fact that the levels are procedurally generated in this game instead of being handcrafted. I feel mm-hmm. like this art style would have worked perfectly with handcrafted environments and levels that are made a certain way. I don't know. It kind of saddens me. It almost feels like a waste of the art style and the gameplay looks decent, but I don't want to, apparently it gets gets repetitive because it's all procedurally generated. Like go in and make your own levels. Like what are we doing here? Yeah. I think mixing 2d and 3d and then the way they do it is really cool. But I think doing that kind of requires a bit of precision and crafting to be able to make sure that's going to look good all the time and work well. I think procedurally generated is like a bad word sometimes, like a buzzword that people don't like to hear. Uh, but I think there are That's scenarios. Me. I don't like to hear it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, <laughs> I've seen that online. I just saw people commenting on that. And I think there are certain scenarios where that makes sense and is really good. And I don't think in a 2D, 2.5D platformer, that's where I would have thought, oh, that needs procedurally generated levels. (laughs) Maybe like when you're trying to make an open world that needs to seem a bit more open, but also it's mostly for exploration, but not necessary. You know, there's there's ways to do it, but I don't think this is a type of game that ever needs that when when most of the really popular, well-loved, I mean, all very popular, well-loved 2D platformers are meticulously handcrafted. One of the few games that I feel like is perfect for procedural generation is minecraft and other than that you're gonna get a little bit of pushback from me like there there's some games like space games no man's stuff sky. like that yeah like no man's sky where i think it it works because it just has to be so massive but right most games i i don't want to say I, I see it as a cop-out but i see it as a cop-out <laughs> <laughs> i think that makes sense in a lot of games for sure i totally i totally agree And even if it's not a cop out, I feel like sometimes it's just short sighted because there's not enough content to fill the area. Ah, we could go on forever. Uh, Next game to talk about here is Scarf. Got a 73 on Open Critic, and that is actually not out until December 23rd. So we have a little bit of time until that one comes out. Would that be Friday, I guess, right? Or Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Uh, Yeah, they probably (laughs) didn't want it coming out on Christmas Eve. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I really like the visual of this game. It looks like something that could get a lot of buzz, but just isn't because I, I, I'm not 100% sure of what is holding people back. The reviews seem pretty positive of the few that I saw. The graphics are really pretty. They kind of invoke that Pixar style. It almost reminds me of like like Journey or something like that, that kind of like cell shade with the scarfy thing the going scarf on. for sure. The yeah. scarf for sure was a big part, uh, it lo- which looks really cool. Uh, I also like the way the scarf transforms in order to complete like environmental puzzles and platforming. So it can like turn into a bird and it turns into like, I think you can like yeah. swing and do all this kind of stuff, which is cool. You know, I always like stuff when your character has some unique trait about them that can then be used in environmental puzzles. I mean, shout out to the best game on the N64 Glover for being cont- your entire character is a glove with a ball. That's great. <laughs> I'm kidding. But that that was unique and, and interesting. But yeah, it, it looks cool. But from what I saw, it's unclear how much game there is uh, i mean uh, your reviewers seem to have only access to certain parts of the game i think for, for early reviews but also it seems like a little barren like even in the re- the levels you do see there's not like really anyone there or anything going on it just seems kind of lonely <laughs> yeah that's possible you find a lot of these indie ish although this is being published by thq nordic but these 
smaller 3D adventure platformers, some of them, like there is something missing. There is something to be desired. But I will say, Paul, I am hungry for a 3D adventure platformer, and I'm ready to scarf one down. And uh, I'm hoping that this this maybe will be the next one. This this is totally my kind of game. I mean, this 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 might as well be named Matt because this is a Matt game right here. <laughs> uh, I I love these kind of games, even if there isn't a ton going on. I love them. There are so many of these kind of games on Steam, like tons of them. Some of them free, and they're some often they're only like they're sort of like a demo for like a university team or like a small team just trying to test something out, and they're like a two hour game or something. Right. But they'll be free, but it's like a really fun two hours. And so I love that kind of thing. I feel like all of them bring something new to the table, something interesting, even if it's not like, even if the entire thing isn't interesting, they bring some sort of cool gameplay element to the table. And so I just love that kind of stuff. And I, I really do think I want to play this game at some point. Cool. That's really great to hear. Hopefully maybe next year on the, uh, the, maybe the Epic sale, this will be a free game or Ooh. something that kind of has that vibe. Um, speaking of just as a little hint to anyone, if they have are somehow listening to this at the very end of the night, it just released uh, loop hero is the Epic game store yeah. game of the uh, game of the day, free game of the day, which is really important to check out because I just recently came out. It was in the game of the year, uh, the game awards, not the game of the year, but the game awards indie uh showcase kind of thing the uh the award for best indie game so this is a cool get this is one of the the really good ones so probably most people who are listening to this right now and hearing about that for the first time will be like oh my god i missed it yesterday so i'm so sorry for even bringing it up uh (laughs) (laughs) all right let's move on and talk about some stories because uh there's some interesting ones speaking of things for matt there's a halo infinite glitch right now that allows for campaign couch co-op Mm. Really, I mean, I'd said it was a thing for you, but to be honest, most of the people you'd be playing campaign co-op with would be people online like myself. But that being said, it's kind of kind of interesting. There was a YouTuber named Noble Actual who posted a video on Twitter yesterday demonstrating the success of a Halo Infinite glitch that allows you to play local co-op in the game's campaign ahead of the official launch of the feature, which should be sometime mid next year with season two of uh, Halo Infinite. The first step. He did show the step-by-step. I, I have to imagine this is getting patched out. We'll talk more about it in a sec. First step is to set Halo Infinite status to offline. Next, connect your second controller and sign into an Xbox account. After that, start a campaign with your first controller. And once you're in the game, you hit start, back out, and then hit start on the second controller, and you add yourself to the fire team, and then it and then it gives you couch co-op. But this is severely limited, as you would imagine. The second player has no HUD. Uh, with other limitations, including having broken lighting for a lot of stuff. Uh, you're not able to progress in the story campaign uh, as a second player at all. And you can't. You also can't use the UNSC forward operating bases. Um, also, oh. here's the big tip-off, so you might want to play on easy mode. If either player dies, the game will lock up, and players will have to go back to the main menu. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a big one. This glitch doesn't work on PC, uh, and it also doesn't allow for online co-op play. So this is just an Xbox-only glitch that you can get this to work on. I, I think it's fun that it's Xbox-only because it reminds me of just like old-school, weird little Xbox glitchy things you could kind of get mm-hmm. around and, and do. But, I mean, Matt, let's take a bet. How long do you think until this is patched out? I don't know. I, I guess depending on how important it is for them because, remember, it is like holidays. They're probably shorthanded right now. So Yeah, they said the... The team's supposed to be on break right now on, on holidays, yeah. Yeah, so it just depends on how important the system. I don't know if it's that big of a deal because it's not real gameplay. Like, it's not the real co-op campaign. There's 
the second player is not progressing. It's just kind of a broken way of doing it. I wouldn't recommend doing this. I would recommend no. as as much as it sucks doing what I'm doing and waiting for the official co-op campaign because it just kind of sounds annoying and not actually enjoyable. I'd rather just play some multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd rather enjoy this the correct way. Yeah. Like they've said before, they really want to make sure that balance is really important, that it feels right. And listen, like I, I would be great if that had happened on launch, but at the end of the day, I don't think they're lying. I think they just w- earnestly weren't able to get it ready for launch the way they want it to be in the proper way. And I'm excited to see that. And I'm I, I have no intention of wanting to try to like force couch co-op, but I thought I'd bring it up because I thought this was a wild glitch. Like it's one thing to have a few little ones, but to be able to fully access couch co-op is kind of crazy that is a really weird glitch i wonder if it's like a broken test version of the co-op that is just somehow being accessed i feel like that sounds right because it seems weird to just do that and then there's already like a ui to split the screen top to bottom and things like that 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 feels like there's something in there that you're accessing that you probably shouldn't have obviously all right moving on hades wins the first ever Hugo Award for Best Video Game. That's pretty cool. This is the first year the Hugo Awards have had a category for video games. Therefore, Hades is the first video game to win a Hugo Award. See how that works? The Hugo Award is an annual literary award for the best science fiction or fantasy work and achievements of the previous year. Uh, Pretty cool. It's nice to see that. Listen, I love, I really love Hades. I also wonder, though, if we're going to start giving out Hugo Awards for best video game story or best video game. I don't know if that's like, like, is it definitely Hades? That seems a little funny. I don't know. Um, Like in terms of a story and writing. I mean, I love the game and I love a lot about it. But yeah, it's kind of an interesting thought. I've seen some people say that the uh, I believe the Nebula Awards are being more prestigiously talked about too now, and the Hugo. Some people can like buy their way in. I don't. I don't know. I can't speak to that too much, but that was also talked about a little bit here. Uh, Matt, what's your take on this? You know, I guess it's cool to see video games have more options and award shows and things. Well, my issue is I don't. I don't know what the timeline was here, <laughs> and I don't know what like Hades. Their full release was twenty twenty. Early Access was 2018. I know Animal Crossing, because I saw it mentioned, was another nominee in this, which, like, mm-hmm. yes, your 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 well-known fantasy sci-fi game, uh, Animal Crossing, right? So right. What, what, is, what exactly are the parameters of the Hugo Award for Best Video Game? I don't, I don't really know. Right. And I don't think the Hugo Awards need a Best Video Game Award. <laughs> like, I just don't think it's necessary. And if they are... What are we working with here? I assume the parameters are posted somewhere online, but I don't know. This is weird. Like Hades didn't come out this year. So what are we dealing with? I think the parameters are for 20. This is like the 2020 award or like the cutoff is like mid 2020. And then I guess it was August. I, I'm not 100% sure, but apparently it just made it into the cutoff. Yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure on that one. I will say, I don't know if, like, I think video game works. Like, if you were to do an award for fantasy stories and, and sci-fi stories and say, here's the best book, here's the best movie, here's the best video game works, um, or maybe just have video games, you know, be allowed entry into mainline categories, that's cool too, because they are, I think, or should be recognized as like a piece of writing. It's a medium for for writing and storytelling. I mean, I guess it's just kind of cool to see some props for Hades. I love me some Hades. <laughs> so I have all the nominees here. The Perfect. nominees were Hades, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Spiritfarer, 
Final Fantasy VII Remake, The Last of Us Part Two, and Blazeball, which I, don't know that last I haven't heard of before. Blazeball, yeah. I'm I'm googling it right now. Yeah, I. <laughs> it looks like a sim. I'm looking at it. There's no, uh, there's there's no like graphical interface. It's like menus. Oh, I don't I don't yeah. know what's going on, Paul. That was that was weird. I I gotta say, like as someone who isn't traditionally into these games, I will say like. I feel like if they're going to give the first video game award for a net, like a Hugo award, I feel like it maybe should have been the last of us too. Like, I feel like a linear game that tells a story in that way is more deserving of like an award for storytelling in, in a certain way like that, than something that kind of tells story through a roguelike gameplay. And the, the story was, I mean, like the voice acting and stuff is very, very good, but the actual overarching story is kind of bits and pieces. And I think The Last of Us Part Two would have done a better job telling a cohesive linear story. Yeah, the, the whole thing. I mean, it's nice that Hades won an award. The whole thing just seems weird and unnecessary to me. <laughs> yeah. So unnecessary. We're cutting out of the show. Matt, go back. We're clipping this part out. No, <laughs> Delete. Delete. If you hear this right now, you've got a special version of GG Replay that not everybody has. Ooh, so it's like the Halo uh, Infinite thing. you're a super fan. Uh, there you go. All right. <laughs> Cyberpunk, the Halo Infinite thing. Cyberpunk 2077 quest director was asked why there aren't police chases in the game. Uh, this was the story that I saw. Forbes kind of talked about it, and I went through and read uh, bits from a stream. So it was a stream that quest director Pavel Sasko did, and uh, it's pretty funny. He was asked this question, and the first portion of his answer pushes back against the idea that all open-world games have a system like this. He brings up the upcoming Sonic open-world game uh, and the Elden Ring as open-world games that won't have police chases. Which, by the way, he doesn't know that the new Sonic game doesn't have police chases in it. Absolutely not. I'm pretty sure it's police chase you in in City Escape in uh, Act 1, like, uh, Section 1. It sounds like I'm talking about a, a Shakespeare play. Act 1, Scene 1 of the Bard's famous Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they are there. So this, this is possible. Uh, he also cites GTA and Watch Dogs as two of the only games he can think of that have that system. Fans were quick to mention that games like Mafia, Sleeping Dogs, and Saints Row have all also featured wanted systems with police chases that don't just show up behind you. Uh, I mean, he did say that I can think of, but also, I mean, when you're endeavoring to make something like cyberpunk, which you, you know, promised to have these police chases, probably like think of other ones besides just like GTA and watch. Yeah. That's embarrassing. He should know every game that has like every open world city based yeah. action game that yeah. has police stuff in it and cars and like traffic. Like you, he should know everything about that genre. What is he going should. on? This is embarrassing. It is. I wouldn't normally say like, you should know everything, but this is like your area of expertise. You should probably know more than two games and like kind of offhand remark them. Uh, also, Sasko says it was a combination of the technical limitations of the engine and not enough time to make it work before release. So it was something that they eventually just gave up on. Great. Kind of, kind of, this is the, um, which is how we got the current system, which teleports police to you and never has gangs chase you down outside the little clusters you can provoke on the map. This is basically the perfect description of most of cyberpunk, which is not enough time to make it work. So it was something that we gave up on and now you got the current system, which isn't very good. (laughs) That's kind of the cyberpunk thing here. Here's the thing. This wouldn't have met. This game didn't have to be a game that like had GTA like police chases. This didn't really have to be a GTA clony game. 
but then they kind of promised it was going to be. So that was a really stupid mistake. <laughs> uh, yeah, the phrase stupid mistake makes up a lot of cyberpunk development, yeah. I think, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about the technical limitations of the engine, like that's something that you should have probably figured out really early on. And yeah. if you weren't going to have major features like that, and if it was truly a technical limitation of the engine, why are we talking about it now a year after the game released? <laughs> right. Like, make sure that you bring that up when that's a major issue a year ago. Yeah. Why are yeah. you not talking about it then? He's like, just just so you know, this is not a bug. We're never going to bug fix this. We can't do it. And we gave up on it. So don't expect it. <laughs> kind of the- yeah, this is kind of a this is a pathetic response to the question. I mean, I guess it, it kind of is what it is. It was a pathetic yeah. response because yeah. the attempt at doing this so much of the development of cyberpunk was pathetic unfortunately i think they somehow still made a pretty good game but a lot of it is just really <laughs> upsetting <laughs> i feel like this dude honestly forgot about open world games. it's like he got hit on the head and everything he knows about games is stuff he just saw this last week at the game awards like he, he says not all open world games have a system like uh with police chasing you citing sonic's new open world game yeah. that'll come out one day in the future and elden ring which is the only <laughs> open world game going to come out in the next month yeah what about every other could have said skyrim you couldn't have said like literally any other popular you named two yeah. very weird examples <laughs> yeah in two games that like yeah elden ring is open world but like i don't think elden ring comes to mind when when someone says car open chase. world game, it's not the first thing that comes to mind, especially yeah. one with cars in them, right? So yeah. uh, even Sonic, like a Sonic game, yes, I yeah. know they're going to have an open world game, but I don't think of Sonic when I think open world. So where is this no. man's mind and where is he pulling this from? Yeah, name an open world city game, a city game in modern day that's set in modern day that doesn't have this kind of system. And then right. you're really going to, then that's where you start to narrow yourself down as we see here. Um, but dude, Jerry picked, obviously. Maybe L.A. Noir, where you are the police. Maybe they don't have the systems in that one. Yeah, <laughs> but, that's possible. Uh, but even then, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember if they had it or not. Yeah. I doubt they would. But Well, you know what? Um, even though the Quest developers and most of CD Projekt is giving up here on Cyberpunk, the modders and the community have not given up. Thanks for adding this, Matt. I actually saw this earlier today. But the game now has a fully functioning Metro system on PC, thanks to modders. They initially promised that there would be a functioning metro system. We see trains and, and levels taking place on those in the very early E3 trailers for this game. And then they kind of just slowly stopped talking about it and pretended it never happened. Well, modders came in and they've added trains. They've added subways. They've added like like gondola things. They add, they've added like every kind of mass transport you could imagine. Um, which makes sense because the game is full of like subway stations and metro stations that just kind of like rabbit hole you and then fast travel you when it's very clear that there was an intention here to probably have this system. And then they just kind of ran out of time as they say. Yeah. I think there are 13 unique Metro stations in this mod, which is really cool. I, I watched a short clip from it and it works really well. You can either go into a first person view or you can watch in third person from outside the, the train and you can just kind of look around at the city, which is a really good looking city. Yeah, so that's great. It, it's it's cool to be able to see it from that view. God, the graphics look beautiful too. When I when I see it, it just makes me sad that this isn't something that I'm really going to be 
probably picking up, even though the, the sales right now are good on Epic Game Store too with the coupon and everything. I can get this for so little money, but it's just the the idea that anyway. It's still a good game. Cyber- it is. And the the story the story is good and entertaining and keep once it makes you keep wanting to come back. I know. I just feel like I'm going to be fixated on what wasn't um and maybe that that's a me problem but (laughs) i I think it's a lot of people's problem like now when you're not actually playing the game you can think about all that stuff but when you're actually in it you're just thinking about what's in front of you you know yeah fair enough that's a good point all right well let's talk about uh one of those games that actually you know revolutionized police chases gta in fact the gta trilogy including gta 3 which was the first game to really do that uh, you know, that, that, that kind of failed that remaster recently. We, yeah. we all talked, we all know, we all talked about it. Well, Rockstar has decided to do a little bit of goodwill after kind of shitting the bed on their entire response to this and are offering a free Rockstar game to people who have already purchased the GTA trilogy definitive edition and anyone who purchased it by January 5th. So even if you didn't want it, you can still buy it and get another free game, which is kind of interesting. I mean, obviously these games are so not so cheap, but cheap enough that, you know, it may, they make more money on you buying the remaster. But if it was something you thought maybe one day I'll want it, eh, this might be the move. The, are, there are seven games or products you can choose from. It's uh, Grand Theft Auto V Premium Edition, Grand Theft Auto IV Complete Edition, Max Payne Three, L.A. Noir, who just as we just talked about, Bully Scholarship Edition. I wonder if that one has a police chase mechanic. That would be interesting. <laughs> a Great White Shark card for GTA Online and 55 Gold Bars. Go! bars for red dead online matt what do you think about this uh my first thought here is too little too late it's kind of a weird this would be a better like christmasy thing to do it's weird that they're offering this kind of like free game for people who got screwed like a month later it's a good move like it's something that i think is going to help with some goodwill but the game just should have been good to begin with and that's really the issue some of these some of these are good. Like if, if you for some reason don't have GTA five at this point, if you get that for free here, the premium edition, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. GTA four complete edition. That's still a good game. If you haven't played that, this other stuff, Max Payne three might be all right. LA, LA Noir holds up pretty well. Yeah. LA Noir is a cool pick, I think, for a free game. You might not have bought graphically and gameplay wise. I don't think people will say bully holds up. I don't think if you actually go back and play, it really holds up that well. Yeah. And I really don't know the value of the shark, the shark card or the 55 gold bars. Maybe that's great. I have no idea. No clue. Like, it's very funny to hear like a great white shark card, which I know is like probably worth millions of dollars. And then (laughs) 55 gold bars, which I'm like, that sounds like less, but also I don't, I know like gold is in its respective game. Contextually, Probably right. the same, but I, I also I don't know. <laughs> I, just I, I don't assume know. that they're both like a thirty dollar value is what I would yeah. guess. Like whatever yeah. the value, that's how much the trilogy costs, right? Or is it a full price game? I don't remember. I think it's. Here's the thing. I imagine this would be like at least half of the cost of the trilogy, like oh, the, the okay. value of the trilogy. I don't think they're trying to give you your money back from the trilogy because otherwise they wouldn't. It wouldn't behoove them to do this. Because uh, behoove them to do the thing where it's like January 5th, right? That's, I think, the logic, right? Where so even if you haven't gotten burned yet, you could still choose to get burned in the future. It makes <laughs> me think that these are obviously not worth... That's like, true. it obviously costs more to get the trilogy, pardon me, than like GTA 5 or something. We could find out right now the value of all of these things. But, I mean, we have the internet. But you know what? Yeah. Let's move on. I, I don't move on. I don't care. No. This the, the trilogy, 
I, I do care. I, like I said, this yeah. is a good move from them, but the trilogy should have been good right off the bat. Yep, totally. Now, here's something really exciting, actually. I think you'll be hyped, Matt. Nintendo patents shed light on new Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 abilities. The first patent describes the way that Link will be able to use a new rewind feature to manipulate the environment. Rather than completely rewinding time, as in a game like Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, the patent shows Link rewinding a single object, moving it back to its previous location. This is this is Life of Strange. Life is, life is Strange. Life is <laughs> this is headlights life are strange. is strange it they is. are it really headlights is are really strange um no this is life is strange and that's what they do there's like that whole mechanic in the first life is strange where you can move something and then reverse time but then that thing stays in the place where you, when you did the reversal and that's like a huge mechanic uh, obviously that's a very limited game in terms of gameplay it's a basically a glorified walking sim compared to something like Breath of the Wild 2. So that's really cool, I think, to have that feature in that game. Matt, does that kind of excite you? Yeah, this is cool. And this totally fits in line with what they were doing in the first game, where you are manipulating objects. Like they have the one thing where you build up like kinetic energy on an object and then you'll see it go flying or whatever and, and that sort of thing. This in this one, you're you're taking that object and rewinding it, which is which is really cool. And sort yeah. of the whole rewind feature is sort of been the speculation of what this is going to be about and why they haven't uh said the name yet yes uh, because they people were saying that the name will probably refer to the rewind feature in mm -hmm. some way or like going back in time of some sort and so i wonder if that really is the case and uh maybe now from this patent sort of quote-unquote leaking out we'll uh we'll get the name soon legend of zelda breath of the wild 2 be kind rewind a link to the pastor. I know. I was <laughs> where Link uh, joins Christianity. Two two links, two past. <laughs> oh my god, that's actually funny. It should be two pasts, two. No, fuck it. The joke is done. The joke is done. I'm cutting it off. Long past its due date. The second patent for this, Matt. Moving on. There's three. The second one shows a new ability that would let let Link travel upwards. That's called jumping, folks. Let Link travel upwards and pass through ceilings like a spooky ghost, phasing through them until he reaches the other side on top. Now, this is not in the patent. It doesn't say like a spooky ghost, but I oh. really feel like that's how you, how I imagined it, like a Jacob Marley kind of thing. Matt, uh, what do you think? Phasing up through a ceiling and kind of landing on top. That seems like a really unique mechanic. It really reminds me of something that could uh, go really well in something like Mario Odyssey. I believe in the little bit of gameplay that we've seen, this was actually shown, uh, okay. this ability. So I do think that that was something that people have seen already. I would have to take another look, but I remember that being talked about when the right. game, first gameplay video came out, which was All short. Right. It was like maybe like 30 seconds of gameplay. Well, fine then, Matt. Fine. Uh, the third patent, this is something that we we definitely, I think, have seen. Finally, the third patent details Link's ability to free fall in which he'll seemingly be able to move into various positions, kinky, uh, and yeah. fire at enemies as he does, which is, that's cool. Because I feel like we saw him kind of falling. I don't think we've seen him like shooting a bow in midair as he's falling. Yeah. That sounds really cool. I still don't know what they mean by various positions is a funny phrasing. Um, but yeah, 
I don't know what patents mean anymore. I've seen all no. of this stuff is in other games, so I don't really, right. <laughs> I don't know what what this actually means as far as a patent goes. But they're like how it works in our specific game. If you read the details, right. are very right. various. But it's like okay, I guess. I guess Nintendo. Nintendo just doesn't want anyone to have any fun. No, we know that. We've known that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sources all close to Nintendo also claim that Nintendo is, quote, very excited about 2022. Obviously, they have a lot of games coming out, but a lot of people uh, are speculating and the sources close to Nintendo have been saying that Zelda should still be on track for 2022. This is not something that is going to be pushed. Well, sorry, they didn't say it's not something that's going to be pushed, but sources are saying that it is on track to release when it's supposed to, which is late 2022. I almost still kind of feel like this is a 2023, like this feels like a safe bet for a push to early 2023, but I have no idea. Why do I know? I don't know. I, I think to them, they might still be looking to put a big title before the holiday. But again, the the Switch didn't release around the holiday, so so I don't know. Yeah, Maybe March. they don't care anymore, but I, I don't know. I, I just feel like late 2022 makes sense. It's, it's yeah, the game does. is graphically the same. It's in the same engine. I mean, I don't, I don't imagine the development cycle should be egregiously long for this one. I just don't know what Nintendo's doing at this point. Like we're not, I'm not going to go on a long rant, but like, it's just so weird. I'm like, Oh, well they're saving it. Cause they're going to do their next gen thing soon, but they're, they're not, they're just going to keep making the switch. Like I don't, it's so weird. <laughs> and even if they do, it, it doesn't matter. Breath of the wild was a Wii U game. Twilight princess was a GameCube game. So like, yep. it, it wouldn't even matter anyway. Yeah, but it's so weird. I was just thinking about how they're going to time it because like, oh, if they wait till next year, maybe they're going to like start hinting their new console. But I don't think they are. I think they're just going to keep making the switch, which is so strange. Anyway, Nintendo, I don't know, like send us a review copy. Oh, yeah, please. go for it. Uh, okay, some quick stories here to wrap up the day. First off, Rec Room VR has raised an additional $145 million after raising $100 million last March. And the company is now valued at $3.5 billion. This is crazy. Reddit user, my opinion, best opinion, pointed out that this one VR app is now worth more than all of Oculus when Facebook bought them for $2 billion a few years ago, which that's that's interesting because, man, do I just see Oculus everywhere? I feel like I turned on the TV. I very rarely watch cable and I had TV on the other day and I got like so many ads for Oculus, which I thought was kind of crazy. I remember thinking that the Oculus purchase seemed like a bargain, but also at the time, I think the general sentiment was why is Facebook buying a VR company and are they just buying it to essentially bury it and not really do anything with it? I think that was the general thinking amongst people, but mm -hmm. I remember thinking like, this is, this seems like a bargain. I think they bought WhatsApp for like, what well, that was like 8 billion or something like it was crazy it was more than the star wars purchase i remember that oh, okay yeah um i specifically three? remember that uh, yeah i don't know but it, it was a lot of money and, and so i i remember thinking that was a bargain now the fact that this one yeah, this one app valued at 3.5 billion dollars good 19 for them. Bi 19 billion was the whatsapp they bought whatsapp for 19 billion dollars that is insane it was the it was a weird thing where they asked for four billion in cash and then like twelve billion in in stock options and a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, this is cool because this shows that there are people with money who still believe in making VR happen. Yeah. I still think that VR is going to happen. We just don't have enough killer apps for it yet. I think Half Life Alex was a good start, but that's also stuck on one platform. 
which hurts VR as a whole. I, I've said this before on replay, but exclusives are going to hurt VR, and that's exactly what Facebook is doing with Oculus yep. and and what Valve has done already with uh, with Index. So at least with Valve, it's a game that they they publish, which is yeah, something. That, that's true. Whereas with like, I guess obviously, so is facebook right. but it just kind of sucks that they took like what is normally like a cross-platform game and then sh- and one that could really like open up vr with resident evil and then totally just put it on their own stuff but obviously they pay for it so it's kind of a weird thing yeah it, it just i just don't like exclusivity in new technology i think it mm-hmm. hurts new technology so we'll have to see how this plays out but but rec room i was i played it on PSVR when I first got that a few years ago I was really impressed by it if nothing else it's a really cool tech demo that shows what the future of social spaces in VR can actually look like um there's there I played a really cool first person shooter like paintball game and like it's not like teleport to move it's like you are actually moving around with the um I th- I think I was playing on with the move controller so you're like mm-hmm. moving around with is there a stick on the move controller? I don't even remember. I don't think so. But you were moving with the move controller somehow, right. uh, maybe by pointing it in a direction and holding down a button or something. Mm, and and you were shooting it like like a, like it's a little paintball gun. It was really cool. It was such a fun experience. And it's one VR experience that didn't make me feel sick, which is also a plus. So I think That's that huge. Rec Room is, is doing some really cool things. Love to see it. Very cool. I'm. We're very excited about not playing VR now, but the future of the VR space, especially like metaverse spaces and things like that, public spaces. Uh, so yeah, very exciting. I'm also really excited that hopefully maybe this year we're going to hear more from PlayStation with their uh, their PlayStation Home stuff. I think we will hear this year about the next uh, PSVR. Yeah, very excited for that. All right, moving on. The next Mass Effect looks like it may run on Unreal Engine 5 as opposed to Frostbite. Brennan Holmes, a producer at Bioware, posted a hiring ad looking for programmers experienced in UE4 and UE5 to work on Mass Effect. This tracks. Um, EA was recently, there was recently a game that EA was talking about working on where people were suggesting that it was probably going to run in UE5 and not Frostbite. I think this is becoming, I, I almost feel like, maybe it was this Mass Effect rumor too that was coming up before, but I think it's very, very possible that frostbite might be kind of coming to an end. And as we see these things like unity and unreal engine five get really good, we might see proprietary game engines, maybe start to become a thing of the past. I think UE five is just so impressive to developers that they're like, they're like, look, we're going to make this game, but you got to let us use UE five because it's doing things that other engines just aren't doing right now. And if you want us to do the same thing that we could do in UE five, it's going to take a really long time to build the right engine for that. So I think that publishers just want good games at this point. For the most part, there's obviously still always money grubbing pushback and wanting to use proprietary engines and stuff. But yep. at the same time, I think they're seeing we just need to make games that work. And a lot of developers know how to use UE5 and or, or just Unreal Engine in general. And UE5 mm-hmm. specifically is very powerful. So yeah, right. I think they're kind of just like, fine, whatever, go for it. Just make a good game. These games can look really different from each other. It's not like everything looks like Unreal Engine 5 has like a specific look necessarily. Right. And I th- and I think that there is such a powerful thing about having people who can cross train, move between different companies who are able to all run oh, yeah. on UE5 run or run on Unreal Engine, uh, have a maybe have standards like that in the industry. You can get a lot quicker from idea to finished, great, fun to play game quicker 
than you ever could if you have to develop a proprietary engine or every five, 10 years, you have to like refresh an engine or make a new version of it because the old one's outdated. You know, when someone, if there's a company like Epic making something like Unreal Engine, I think licensing from them, I mean, yes, it's probably bad for monopolies and things like that. I mean, we have to be careful about having one company running with like all the engines and things like that. But I think it is really cool to see something like that It'd be cool if like there were a consortium or maybe a company that wasn't making money off of games to maybe create something like an engine like this. It would be cool to see maybe Epic sell off or or publicize or something. UE5. They're never ever ever gonna do that. I'm just saying I like the idea of having like a propri like a, a system that isn't proprietary that's kind of equal for everyone to use that, that is able to do that. Now I'm not saying it wouldn't cost money. I'm just saying I don't trust Epic with it. That's all I'm saying. Well, Unity <laughs> is certainly on the come up. There are AAA games made in Unity, but it is not what AAA developers look to yet. Although they have, we've talked about them, they've been doing a bunch of acquisitions and they are really on the move. And so Unity is going to become a really powerful, I mean, it is a powerful engine. We did digital. It's it's just getting better. I mean, exactly. It's just getting better every day. So Unity is a real player in that market as well. Yeah, so cool to see that. Even having two players, three players, that would be really, really cool. And I think we can get rid of stuff like, you know, whatever uh, Gamebryo 3.0, whatever the new the new <laughs> Bethesda engine is going to be and stuff like that. Is that the creative, the creative engine? Is that what they well, call it? Well, it was Gamebryo and then it was Creation Engine is oh, what right, they called right. it when they moved to it in Fallout 4, I think. And now they're moving to some other thing that they haven't named yet for Starfield. So anyway, moving on, let's talk about Assassin's Creed a game not made in Unity. Uh, They have an immersive concert announced for the franchise's 15th anniversary. Almost said 5th anniversary. That would be, uh, were we back in 2007 again? Created in partnership with Overlook Events, who have done Dragon Ball and Saint Seiya Symphonic Adventure Concerts. The event will include a full orchestra and choir supported by video, lighting, and sound effects. This sounds like kind of like one of those video games live kind of things. The world premiere of the Assassin's Creed Symphonic Adventure will take place at the Grand Rex in Paris, Quai Paris, on October 29th, 2022, with a world tour scheduled to begin in early 2023. Cool. It is cool. Assassin's Creed is good music. So, yeah, this is cool. This is awesome. Uh, Side note, you said Dragon Ball and Saint Seiya. I did. Big fan of Saint Seiya, actually. Are, Are you actually? Yeah. No, I, oh. I, I, yeah, I used to read some Saint Seiya manga back in the day. I think I remember you telling me that a long time ago. That's funny. And yeah, I'm a big stuff. Dragon Ball fan. So there you go. So maybe we should, you and I should fly to Paris on October 29th and we'll check out the grand, uh, the world premiere of the event. Yeah. Ubisoft, get yeah. us some tickets. We'll do it. Ubisoft, get us some tickets or patreon.com slash goodnightgroups. We will cover that shit for you, for you out there, the listener. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Ubisoft, you pay for the flights. We'll pay for the tickets. I'm okay paying for the tickets. You pay for the flights. That's really fair. I think, honestly, they're more likely to give us tickets and then be like, you have to get here yourself somehow. They ain't going to happen. Sorry. That's how they're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually have to go to France next year uh, to visit family. So I'll hide in your luggage or something. Yeah, maybe I'll try to go in October. I'll be like, sorry, Grandma. I have to go <laughs> a few months later so I can check out <laughs> Assassin's Creed, dude. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's move on. Starting Wednesday, PS Plus subscribers who previously redeemed Final Fantasy VII Remake will be able to upgrade to the PS5 version of the game. Super cool move. Uh, it was a free yeah. game on PS Plus, 
And even though they could have been like, hey, you got it for free, you can pay enough to up- update it. No, you, you just get the free version of the PS5 too. Yeah, I'm glad I waited. I sort of had a feeling that this would eventually be free at some point. I thought it would be further down the line or just super discounted. Glad I waited. Um, I will absolutely jump into Final Fantasy VII Remake once this comes out because I had been waiting. Yeah, I had the free version. It was the PS4 version. I didn't want to buy it. I didn't want to pay for the upgrade because I wasn't sure I would like it. But now, yeah, I'm and I, I have the PS4 version, but I didn't want to play that when I knew a better version was out there. So now that I'll be getting it, I'll finally give it a shot. I think it's a game that I will like. I just wasn't sure if I would, so I didn't really want to drop the, the cold hard cash for it. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. I love to hear it. And hopefully the, the PS5 version uh, of the game will run better than Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade, yeah. uh, which might melt your precious uh, PlayStation if it were ever allowed. On, on PC. This is Integrade. There you go. So on PC, it melts it. So PS5, there you go. Just another privilege for those few people who managed to get themselves a PS5. Those few millions of people who got themselves a PS5. Damn you. I'm, I'm excited. 2023. I'll, I'll be getting a PS5. This is going to be a good time. I've, I've wanted, you know what I've been wanting lately, Matt? An OLED Switch. Really, really mm. want one. Wow. Yeah. I don't recommend it. I played with, well, I don't have one at all. So there's Let's a, get thing, a regular right? one. So, well, no, but everyone says if you have a regular one, it's not worth it. But if you don't have one at all, then it's like for an extra 50 bucks. Yeah. Bigger okay. screen. The better. I, I like, I'm a, I'm a screen nerd. Get a light. No, see, here's the thing. So I went to Best Buy. I tried the light too tiny, like for oh. my eyes. I oh. love the whole, I love the hand feel of it. Too tiny for my eyes. Okay. Tried the regular switch. That was good. But the OLED switch, my, it's a behemoth. It just, it that extra 30%. Oh, beautiful. I could see everything. If you're going that, that direction, unless you really plan to play Nintendo games, just get the Steam Deck. I know, and that that's the thing. But the Steam Deck, I'm going to pay a lot more for. I feel like I'm going to want to get the upgraded one. And there you go. Then you get into that kind of thing. Plus, I will say, I kind of, I've been having a hankering for Nintendo games. I've been really right. wanting to play. I never played Mario Odyssey. I haven't played Breath of the Wild. I haven't played any anything that's come out since the Wii U. So I feel like there's a lot going on right now. So maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on the Switch. That's, that's true. Maybe a little a gift for myself next year. I mean, not Christmas, but maybe that'll be a nice January, the doldrums of January gift. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thanks so much for sticking around with us today on the GG Replay. We've loved having you here. Uh, if you enjoy everything we do here, we do have a website, goodnightgrooves.com, where we have this podcast. We have a blog. We have links to Game Grooves, our all-encompassing gaming podcast, uh, our YouTube channel with shows like Southern Fried Grooves and others to come probably at some point <laughs> so there's a lot going on there we also have a patreon patreon.com slash goodnightgrooves where if you are a super fan and you really love what we do we do have three different support tiers including the three dollar plus tier which does get you early access to our all-encompassing gaming podcast game groups although this week normally comes out on a sunday you can get it on a friday this week even if you aren't a patreon because we're just feeling extra nice in that ho-ho christmas spirit yeah yeah Uh, If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider dropping us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, Anywhere you review us is really helpful, but Apple Podcasts specifically is super helpful. So if you can somehow just like log on somewhere or pull out your old iPad that you never use anymore because they're kind of a weird in-between device that you never find time for, pull it out, give us a five-star review. 
And if you leave a, a comment or something or, or a review on uh, our podcast stuff on Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the air, which is which is bomb. You want it? You want to be part of that experience? Uh, any and all support is greatly appreciated. It will go a long way in proving all of Goodnight Grooves. Matt, do you have anything else to say before we head out of here on this Monday? Well, after seeing these Rec Room VR numbers, I think I think we're getting into the VR space, Paul. I think we're going to introduce Groove Goggles version one. Look for it, <laughs> 2026, coming to a retail store near you. Oh my God, I think I found them. I was going <laughs> to do a visual gag and then I forgot this is an audio podcast. <laughs> I was going to do, you know, a thing where you stick your hands upside down. Oh, the do Batman like the, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that, <laughs> I was going to do that. Uh, all right, good, good night, groups. We'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs>